What up, world? Your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond, listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. It's free, five days a week. Every single platform, wherever you're looking for us, you can find us. So make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen every day. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, a fun one. We are getting ready for the season opener. Wednesday evening, the Blazers open their season against the Kings, and we got some fun stuff to get you prepared for the beginning of the regular season. Today's show, I want to talk about the opening slate, not specifically the Kings game. We'll do that a little bit later this week. Uh, Matt George of Locked On Kings and I are going to get together and preview that game, get you all set up for the season opener. But uh, today's show, we're going to zoom out a little bit. I want to talk about the first slate of games. Uh, Brandon Sprague, when I was on the Jack Ramsey's podcast, uh, it's uh, another Blazers podcast hosted by Dan. Morang and, and Brandon Sprague, and they were gracious enough to have me on a couple weeks ago. And, and and Brandon mentioned that he thought the Blazers' first 10 games were brutal. And I've seen that echoed other places. Uh, once, once Sprague brought it up, it seemed to be a talking point many other places. I want to talk about the Blazers' early slate of games. Uh, I want to talk about the rotation on opening night. And then I want to share with you a little bit of a secret I've got a I've got a, a superpower. I've got a superpower that I'm going to unleash at the end of this show. Uh, just an absolute magic trick like you've never seen. I can make a Blazers lineup disappear. You want to you're going to want to listen to the third segment to, to see the magic show. But first, let's talk about the Blazers' early slate of games. Uh, ten is a nice round number, but I think about, I think talking about the first ten is a it's a little bit of an arbitrary way to do this. It's totally fine. Like, it's all arbitrary. No matter where you cut it off, it's arbitrary. But but, but I look at it as the season, and the way I look at the beginning of the season is um, I, would, I would cut it up a little bit differently. Portland begins with five of seven at home. On the road at Sacramento to begin with, they... they uh, to begin the season. Game three is, is against the Lakers in Los Angeles. Uh, the other five of their first seven in Portland at the building formerly known as the Rose Garden. Uh, the friendly confines, if you will. That's that's five of seven at home to start the year. None of them are easy. And then they go on a six-game road trip after that none of them are easy heavy home slate to begin the season, such that seven of their first 13 are on the road. A monster six-gamer that takes them to Phoenix, Miami, Charlotte, New Orleans, and Dallas before they head back. What a, what a way to start the season with a six-gamer that's pretty hard. So... 10 games would cut it off in the middle of that road trip. So it's like, what do they do in the first 10 games? Well, they end up they end up still out in the East Coast. They'll be in North Carolina after 10 games. Like, they're going to be far away from home. Uh, and and playing against two probably likely playoff teams in the West before they even get back. So I, while I do think the 10 is an arbitrary cutoff, I want to talk about the first seven here. I want to talk about the first seven because I think the road trip is a separate beast. Like, I like I, I understand why Brandon cut it off at 10 because 10's a nice, 10 is a good number to, to think about. Um, it's, it's useful for our brains, but I think seven is maybe a more useful, like, chunks of the season. Let's talk about those first seven games. In the first seven games, I think the Blazers are likely to be favored in one of them likely to be favored in one of their first seven games. I think they're going to be home dogs a lot early in the season because they're playing good teams. The game that they're going to be favored in likely is October 28th against the Houston Rockets. Uh, they open at Sacramento where they are, according to Bet Online, one and a half point dogs as I'm recording this. So they're not favored to go in, into Sacramento and win. They come back and play Phoenix. They're probably going to be underdogs in that one. On the road in LA, you can bet they're going to be dogs in that one. 
home against Denver, home against Miami, that Houston game, and home against Memphis. I would assume that that Denver, Miami, and Memphis are all favored in those games, even if they're in Portland. Slight favorites, like we're talking slight favorites, but again, like the Blazers will be by the sort of the folks that set the lines by the odds makers likely picked to lose six of their first seven games. Starting off one and six, like if they just go chalk, they'll probably win a game they're supposed to win and they're, they're supposed to lose in there, right? Like they'll probably find a way to beat Denver or Miami in that stretch. Or they'll beat they'll beat Memphis, who they played really well last season. Um, they matched for whatever reason they matched up pretty well with the Grizzlies. Uh, like they'll they'll find a way to win. You know, maybe they'll maybe they'll go three and four, or whatever it is. But if they go one and six, let's just let's just go with the chalk for a moment. If they go one and six, there is. I don't want to say like, hey, there's no reason to panic because they're going to go for six on the road. Like it's 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 it could get messy and ugly quick. But I would like to preach patience. Patience, not patience in that I think the Blazers are going to sort of like magically figure it out. Uh, I I viewed this team early in the offseason as like the 10th best team in the West. Then I kind of got back on board and started to believe in them. Then I watched them play in the preseason. I think I've 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 dropped back down from my like, hey, this is a, this is a team that could do it to be like, no, this is the 10th best team in the West. And if they're worse than Sacramento, they're the 11th best team in the West. And they did not look good against Sacramento in the preseason. Meaningless. We'll talk about the regular season meeting. Maybe it'll be meaningful. Game one of 81, not or 82, not particularly meaningful. 81 games left after that, even regardless. But the point is that like we do assess them along the way. This is a daily podcast. This is what I'm going to do here. So I'm preaching patience. And not in patience because I think they're going to figure it out. Like I, I still, I, pretty much regardless of what happens in the first few games, I think this is a team that is going to scrap to get into the play-in. I think they're going to be scrappy and I think they're a play-in team. Because I just don't think the talent is there. So I'm not saying patience because, oh, you know, they're going to find their stride. They're going to figure it out. They're going to, like, it's all going to click with Chauncey Billups' offense. It's all going to click with Chauncey Billups' defense. The team that has kind of seemed to struggle to grasp both sides of the basketball under Coach Billups is going to figure it out and they're going to go on this run a la the Celtics of last season. They don't have the talent for that. They don't have the top-end talent for that. I think they could right the ship and end up, you know, a competitive playoff team in a really, really crowded Western Conference. Sure, sure. I think they could avoid the play-in if, if everything breaks right in a crowded Western Conference. Sure. But I don't think they're a home court advantage team. And I don't think they could challenge it. And I think they're most likely to be in the 8, 9, 10 range in the West. So I'm not preaching patience because I'm like, hey, if they start 1 and 6, they can still get back to the 10th. Getting back to 10th is not like this successful moment. Damian Lord, when asked at practice this week, said like, I would prefer it didn't go that way. Like, I want to be more competitive than that. But in some ways, in the way that Dame does um, with his, his fierce optimism, acknowledging that that's a real possibility. So the patience that I am asking for, is not in hoping that they get it right or believing that they'll get it right. I don't need you to believe that they'll get it right, quite frankly. That's 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 for like if you choose to do that that's fine, right? But I'm not I'm not asking you to say like, "Hey, give them patience because they'll figure it out." Be patient in assessing what's next. Because the real key that the Blazers have been telling us, the decision makers, particularly Joe Cronin, is that the team is unfinished, that the team is not where they want to be competitive-wise, that the team has to get better. He's mentioned that they're neither supremely talented nor supremely connected, and they're hoping that they can get to both. You get supremely talented by adding talent to this roster, and the front office, when they've spoken, when Joe Cronin has spoken in public, has not been shy talking about changes that are inevitable with this roster. So the patience I am preaching is after this first seven games, 
And after this, and then the, the road trip, after these first 13 games, the first seven, though, if they're if they're one and six, let's let's agree that the thing we are assessing in those first seven games is the is the path forward. It is not whether this team sucks or they don't suck. I, I think they can level out and be 10th regardless. I do not think the start of the season is that is particularly important for their for like the, where they're going to be. They're just like if they start one and six, it will not ruin their chances of finishing 10th in the Western Conference. Absolutely, absolutely not. And if they go, you know, whatever, if they go 10 and three in these first 13 games, well, we could have a crazy, we'll have a fun time. It's gonna be a really, really fun podcast if they do that. But like, if we're being realistic, what we're assessing with our patience is what comes next. And by that, what by what I mean that is like, do they trade for youth and think longer term? Is this two years down the line? That would be kind of bonkers with the with the contracts handed out this summer with Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grants and and the age of Damian Lord if if the if the if the timeline is two years. But if they're so far if they look so far away that the moves that are coming, and it's like you think about like Josh Hart, the very the very clearly most tradable player on the roster. And I guess if there's a there's a scenario in which the Blazers need to go young and Jeremy Grant becomes a tradable player on the roster, but you let's hope that that is not the case for the sake of what they gave up to get get him. It's assessing the patience is in assessing. Okay, this works. You know, Damon Ant works a little bit, but you need X and X, or Damon Ant doesn't really work together. So you need to do these three things to have them be, to be talented enough to not have to play them together that much, to not have to close games with them or to, or to figure out kind of what it looks like, or this group's never going to get there. We they got to go young, prioritize playing a bunch of Shaden Sharp and Amphrey Simons minutes and, and figure out what it is. What you are trying to assess in this opening seven games and then eventually opening 13 games of the season is, is, is how long this retooling is going to take. Is it going to take months or are we talking seasons? Because if it's seasons, and I think we'll know early on if this team is like, like they're going to be like, I want to be clear about this. I think they're going to be like 10th with upside or 10th with a, a lot of work to do to get there. If they're 10th with upside, I don't think you really panic. I think you make small moves and you get there because like that's just the quality of talent you have on the team and you and you look to be as good as you can be in the spring and the good as you can be beyond that. But if they're like 10th, if, if the young guys aren't there, like if you get, if you get rough key on and, and ant doesn't fit with Dame and it just, it's not making sense. Then you start, the patience is, is now, okay, let's assess a much broader, larger picture. Let's, I am preaching patience, patience, not with hope of this season, more so that Hope of the plan. Because if you believe in this team, you believe that the next steps are the most important steps. That what they do to retool this roster beyond this season, beyond its current current state, are the most important steps. That, that you know, say we've made, say that uh, this is the, the seven-point re- rebuild plan from Cronin and you're three steps in. Steps four, five, and six are the crucial ones to get you to where you need to go. And I think being patient in these first 13 games figures out what that looks like, what the next steps look like. That is what you're assessing when you're when you're watching this team, not their viability to compete in the Western Conference this year. Because if you th- if that's the thing you're worried about, if that's what you're trying to judge early in the season, 
the schedule is too brutal to, to, to like to really give you much much insight, right? Like if they lose if they lose their first five games at Sacramento versus Phoenix at the Lakers against Denver against Miami, like they might not have lost to any teams that that they shouldn't have lost to, right? Like sack on the road is a pretty is a coin flip, right? The the odds makers have it as basically a coin flip, one and a half points. So if they lose that game and they lose the next four. 0-5 is going to feel terrible, but what? But I don't want to judge them on immediately on that. I want to I want to preach patience because what we're thinking about is a larger picture. Are you any of you going to follow me on that patient journey? No, you're not going to. You're going to be mad as hell, and that's why I love you. <laughs> that's that's why you listen to the show. Can I ask you a question? Do you know how much subscriptions really cost you? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is close to $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. So that's why you should check out Rocket Money. It's the app that shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you don't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. How about that? So to cancel a subscription, all you've got to do on the Rocket Money app is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest for you. Get rid of the useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. All right. So I'm preaching patience. I hope you follow me on that journey. What I want to talk about here in the second segment is what the opening night roster is going to look like. I bet. It's going to change. I think that is inevitable, which is why I'm thinking bigger picture and not short term. It's no reason to freak out about the short term. They're going to struggle out of the gate. They're going to struggle out of the gate. They're going to be something like five and eight after these 13 games. And it's going to feel bad, right? Like it's going to be like, oh, they stink. They won't have jeopardized their chances to finish 10th in the West. If they look like the 10th best team in the West now and they finish five and eight, that's kind of what the 10th best team in the West is going to look like all season long. The play-in tournament is broad and brings in teams like the 36 win pelicans last year let's teams like the 36 win pelicans feel super duper good about themselves look what the pelicans built to this year Blazers probably aren't going to add zion in the offseason but you get what i'm saying like this is patience with patience with the long-term vision of this franchise in mind with with what's with what happens next but what happens now is some rotation questions if you're a long-time listener of the podcast you know that I think who plays and when is the most important thing a coach ever does. Decides who's on the floor. So, But we kind of know who's on the floor. And I want to talk about what the opening night rotation is going to look like and the questions, if, if any, that are still out there. First, Gary Payton not going to play out for at least the first two weeks of the regular season. Olivier Saar out for probably the first week. I think he's going to be reevaluated like right around uh, when the games start. But I would... I would um, Seems like the way the press release read that he will miss at least the opening two games of the season. Reevaluated in a week. Uh, he gets evaluated every day. He plays for an NBA team. They don't wait. To, they don't wait to evaluate him. They wait to tell information to the public. So, what does it look like on night one? Starting the lineup, we know Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, 
Yusuf Nurkic. First guy off the bench, I think we know it's Justice Winslow or something like it. Like he'll be, I think he's the guy who plays the most minutes off the bench. Followed that is going to be Nazir Little. And by the, and after that, it's going to be Keon Johnson. Keon has been the first guy off the bench, like in functionally, like he's the first person who stands up and gets off the bench because Amphrey Simons is the first sub and then they bring it back. Um, the sixth person to get into the game is not necessarily your sixth man. That's probably more functionally the person who plays the most minutes off the bench, but sure. Keon is going to be sixth man, whatever he is very likely to be the first sub, uh, and, and going to play a, a hefty role. Like he's going to, he's going to play because they need, they need backup minutes from another ball handler. And Keon has taken some strides, although he struggled towards the end of preseason, which, uh, maybe gave people some pause about this team. Those eight are definitely going to play. Uh, Trenton Watford's health is up in the air. Uh, he's been dealing with a hip flexor that has kept him out of preseason games. If he is available, I expect him to play and be the ninth guy. So we're really talking about 10. Is 10 shade and sharp? Boy, do I hope so. Play Shaden Sharp on night one and see what you have. But there's a chance that because of the Kings' um, ability to stay relatively big, play with like big traditional centers on the court the whole time, that Drew Eubanks will have to play. Uh, Eubanks pretty clearly lost his backup center position to Olivier Saar, but Saar's injury bumps Drew Eubanks back up. It's just the nature of the NBA. Dudes get hurt and you get... You had a rotation spot that you lost. Well, guess what? You're back in it, and Eubanks is back in it. If the Blazers want to go small, I think they don't play Eubanks, and the 10th man is Sharp. If they do need to play big, I think that Eubanks is your 10th man, and then Sharp is probably out of the rotation. So what do I think happens? I'm going to guess on night one, Shaden Sharp doesn't play. That's going to be my guess. I hope that I am wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm hope I'm wrong. But I'm gonna guess that he doesn't play because early in the season, everyone's trying to win, and coaches who are trying to win want less why what less variance, less wild cards, less questions. And a and a rookie nineteen year old is is exactly that. It's variance and wild cards. It's questions. I think the top eight are set in stone. Your your regular starters that you know, Justice Winslow, Nazir, Justice Winslow, Nazir, Little, Keon Johnson. I don't think you can play 11. It's really hard to play 11 guys in the NBA. It's it's just, it's hard to play 10, quite frankly. It's easier to play nine and then like a 10th guy if you need to. But but teams play 10 with some regularity. I don't think the Blazers are going to play a bench, straight up five-man bench unit. They're going to stagger Damon Ant such that they don't have to play all of their minutes together and give Ant valuable time running the second unit with the ball in his hands. That's how you maximize Ant. That's what you hope that they do. If you do that, however... Can you run out a second unit where the wings are something akin to Keon, Amphrey Simons, and Shaden Sharp, and your bigs are Nazir Little and Justice Winslow? I don't, I don't think so. I think that's too small. I think you're just going to get hemorrhage points. So you got to figure, and adding Watford in there doesn't exactly solve the problem. So I think on night one, with everybody healthy and how big the the Kings want to play, because you're not going to be able to kind of, um, you know, you're not going to be able to sneak a smaller te- smaller lineup against them. I think Eubanks has to play, and because I think Eubanks has to play, I think if assuming Watford is healthy, that Shaden Sharp is out of the rotation. I hope that's not the case moving forward. I want them to figure out how to get Sharp on the floor a whole bunch. But if I had to guess on night one, I think they go ten deep. Sharp is 11th and does not make his NBA debut on night one. I hope I'm wrong. And quite frankly, I might, I very well might be wrong, and they and, and they 
Um, and it's like a choice between Watford and Eubanks, right? Like that's the decision. And one of them may, one of them earns the ninth, the, the ninth spot or the eighth spot rather, uh, and, excuse me, the ninth spot. And then 10 is just sharp, no matter what, like, Hey, we're going to get Shaden sharp in the court, no matter what. And we'll choose who plays backup center Watford or Watford or Eubanks. And that's, and that's what they'll, and that's the direction they'll go. I don't, I do not think Shaden Sharp will play on night one, but, but I hope in the future he's part of the rotation regularly because part of me preaching patience and a long-term view is finding out what you have. Like this is a team that doesn't look particularly talented, looks like they're lacking a little bit of depth. And if they struggle early, I want them to, I want them to be patient with the belief that it is several months long of a season, several months long, and that they can't like... They were never going to finish fourth in the West anyways. So obsessing over the wins and losses is less important. They can, they can prioritize development and still finish 10th in the West. If they need to make, if, if they want to make the play in nothing that happens in the early part of the season and nothing that happens with the decisions in the back half of the rotation at night one is going to jeopardize their chances of, of making the, the play in when 10 Western conference teams are going to get in. They're still going to be in the fight in Feb January and February. If they want to be for 10th there, it's, it is no, there's no reason to worry with that in mind as like the baseline for their goal. You ready for magic trick? I got one. I really do. I got a magic trick for you. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a good one. I can name my preferred lineup and it will never exist. Let me tell you about it in the third segment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever it is you're going to find out on Bet Online. NBA futures right now. They got odds. They got props for every single team, individual player props. They get over under on Damian Lord's points, over under on his assists. Same with Yusuf Nurkic's scoring, Anthony Simon scoring, all of those player props preseason available on betonline.net. They also got football all weekend long. So if you want to get in on college or pro college or pro football, it's right there waiting for you. Go take advantage today. That's betonline.net where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Got a magic trick for you. I'm going to make a Blazers lineup disappear. We talked about uh, who, what I think the night one rotation is going to look like in the second segment. Uh, who plays and when is very important to me. The lineups really matter to me because I think uh, the, how you fit next to your coworkers and your complementary skills it's the way to maximize players is get them in smart lineups that maximize their skill sets. That's why I don't love Josh Hart starting. I don't think you get the best of Josh Hart when he starts next to next to uh, his current teammates. I spend, you know, a lot of sort of my prep and thinking about the season is thinking about who plays and how they play together. The last two years, I have identified two lineups that I think were, quote, my favorite lineup for the Blazers. And they've played a total of four minutes together. It's two full seasons. Four minutes. That's a magic trick. I can make a Blazers lineup disappear. In 2020, 2021, this is Terry Stotts' final season, I wanted to see Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, 
Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. That's Rocco at the five, Derek Jones at the four, Rodney Hood for a little bit of length and shooting at the three, and your two best players, Damon Lord and CJ McCollum on the court together. I thought it was the fun versatility lineup. I thought it was a lineup that could run. I thought it was a lineup that could switch. I thought it was this modern small ball unit that was going to be exciting and fun. That group played four minutes together, four minutes throughout the season. In fact, Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. played a total of 136 minutes next to one another, where Rocco was at the five and Derek Jones was at the four. 30, 136 minutes where there was no Cantor, no Harry Giles, or no Yusuf Nurkic on the floor. 136 minutes for however long they were both on the team. That is not enough time. It's outrageous that Terry Stotts never tried that. Outrageous. One of his great failings his final year was never using the new parts that he got in the most obvious way to at least give it a shot for a week, Terry. But whatever. He lost his job. He got fired. He liked to do things his way. I'm never going to, like, I, I spent enough time around him to know that he was stubborn whatever, throw it out the window. They get a new coach. They bring Chauncey Billups in. And I say to myself, I like this new team. I like these new parts. I like this new coach with a defensive acumen. I got a new, whole new flavor of favorite, favorite group to play together. I want it to be, this is the 21-22 season. I picked this in preseason. And I said, I want to see Damian Lillard. I want to see CJ McCollum. I like to see Robert Covington, Larry Nance, and Yusuf Nurkic play together. That's the Blazers' three best defensive players. Rocco, Larry Nance, and Nurk with their best two players on the team, their best two offensive players, the best two players on the team, and Damon, CJ together. I want to see Rocco play the three. I want to see Nance play the four. I think, you know, you, you maybe have don't have enough shooting there and enough ball handling, but I think Damian Lord and CJ McCollum can just make up for everything on offense. Just put your three best defensive players out there with your two best players. That's your best lineup. Let's see it. I think that's absolutely a lineup I want to see. I want it to close games. I want it to be a go-to. That group played zero minutes together. Chauncey Phillips played that team zero minutes together. We got zero. That's none. That's numerical zero. That is the uh, real number between negatives and positives. It is zero, nada, zilch, no minutes of Dame, CJ, Rocco, Larry, and Nurk. Unfreaking believable. In two years, I picked out my two favorite lineups. They played a total of four minutes together. A total of four minutes together. That's a MFing magic trick. Sorry for the implied swearing, but my goodness, how did I get so good at this? Okay, here it goes. Let's make a lineup disappear. Y'all ready? Before the start of the 2022-2023 season, I've come, I've I got my notebook. I'm gonna hold it up here so you can see it on on uh if you're watching on <laughs> on YouTube. That's the notebook. That's a real thing I wrote down. I wrote it down in pen. The lineup is not gonna play at all that I want to see. Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, Nazir Little, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant. If healthy, this is the lineup I want to see. Damian Lillard, Gary Payton, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant. But 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 let's let's call it now. Let's call the team that's available because you, you don't know. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a pass. I'm gonna give it a pass. But there's two versions of this group, but right now we'll go with the one that's healthy on night one because so, it could happen on night one. We could get five minutes of it. If you get five, and we're not going to get five minutes of it, but if you get five minutes of it, the magic is done. Dame, Josh Hart, Nas, Justice, Jeremy Grant. I want to see the glut of wings. Dame plus the wings. This is the whole idea of this roster is that they upgraded the wing core with Josh Hart 
keeping Justice Winslow, getting Jeremy Grant, the, the uh, development of Nazir Little, the whole freaking point of this team is that they upgraded. The, the hardest part to upgrade on the roster, right, is, is the wing core. They're really thin up front because they're, because they're comfortable playing small. So this is the comfortability playing small. Just play Jeremy Grant at the five. Put Justice Winslow in there for a little bit of strength. Put Nazir Little in there for a little bit of uh, a little bit of length. Put Josh at the harsh heart at the two. Probably a position where you can maybe maximize some of his gifts and allow him to be a little more valuable. And keep Damon Lillard on there because he's your best player. Dame plus the wings. That's the lineup that won't happen. If you want the alternative version when Gary Payton gets back, this is the lineup I'm actually most excited for. Dame, GP, Josh Hart, Justice, and Jeremy Grant. Dame, GP, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, and Jeremy Grant. That lineup's not going to play a single minute this year. It's not going to play a single friggin' minute this year. Zero minutes. Zero minutes because I'm a magician. I am, this is a, an absolute superpower, an absolute superpower. No one can make a good lineup disappear faster than me. So Dame GP, Josh Hart, Justice, and Jeremy Grant, unfortunately, the five of you never play, will never play a single minute together because it's the lineup I want to see. I gave an alternative one because I don't want to, I don't want to start with no chance, right? I want to give it a chance. But the lineup I'm actually excited to see is playing zero minutes this year. I guarantee it. Three for three, shall we? Under five minutes all season long. Think, if you believe I do, <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. Tomorrow's show, season predictions. We'll go through uh, uh, predictions from prognosticators around the league, and I'll share some of my predictions for the season. That is going to that you are listening to October seventeenth, Monday, October seventeenth show. That prediction show will be Tuesday, October eighteenth show on Wednesday morning. Wake up in your feed. I'll have a pre season preview crossover event with Matt George, the host of Locked On Kings, getting you all set up for the Blazers season. Wednesday night, they play their game. Thursday, we'll recap that show. And Friday, we'll look ahead to the home opener against the Phoenix Suns. The NBA season is here. So do me a favor and tell your friends about Locked on Blazers. Say, yo, you want to see this dude predict away a whole damn lineup? Just, you know, listen to about the 25-minute mark because he just he just makes it disappear. Tell him you enjoy the show. People hear about uh, podcasts via word of mouth. So if you enjoy the show, the best way you can support it is just to tell your friends you like it. That, that's absolutely the best way to support the show. Come back and join us. We've got more shows later this week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.